0: Hi, Barbara. Hi, Heyman. How are you? Not bad. Oh, hi. So Francine's on Twitter Spaces. And Barbara, we have you on Clubhouse, as Mm. well as Colin is now live as well.
1: Rick.
2: Hi, Francine. Heyman's not real. I'm not real? Hi, Rick. Hello, everybody. Good morning. And welcome to the weekly meeting of the Karma Club where we try to have discussions on serious topics that will leave the world in a better place than where we found it. This week, we're going to talk about Men Under Siege. And the reason we're going to talk about it is, well, there are three reasons. The first reason is that there was a series of serial shootings all done by men at the beginning of the summer, and it made me realize that men might be uh,
3: at least uncomfortable.
2: and i can see that most men no longer know how to treat women and the third reason is that i believe that technology has loosened the relationship characteristics between men and women and Brought men to believe that they need to form groups for support in the same way that women always have. So, we're going to talk about that. Hi, Sinead. Good to see you. Can you hear me? Am I really broadcasting?
0: Yes, you are. I don't know. I'll let Barbara and Rick uh, let let us know.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yep, yeah, we yeah. can hear you loud and clear. I've made Heyman a co-host.
0: Yep, on Twitter Spaces' side. And for those listening and wondering what's I've going made... on... i
2: Sinead, I'm trying to make you a speaker.
0: And for those listening and wondering what's going on, uh, we are always multicasting, and today uh, we're continuing the, to multicast from Twitter Spaces. So we're connected on Clubhouse, call-in app, as well as Twitter Spaces. And anyone on any one of these platforms can actually join us in the conversation so on call in you could uh call in on clubhouse just come on up and uh as on twitter spaces same thing
2: twitter spaces you have to um you have to ask to be a speaker i tried to make shanae shanae a speaker she's just a listener she refused so i guess she can't come up I'll do this once more. Okay. All right. right. She just sent me a green heart. What do you think that means? Okay. (laughs) It means she's happy being a listener. All right. I will leave you being a listener. Uh, If you want to be a speaker, Sinead, you you know how to get me. Okay. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to discuss... Well, first of all, here's what we're going to do for the rest of the existence of the club. After last week, in in which the discussion got um, close to out of hand, although it was a very lively discussion about digital identity and especially one format for digital identity, um, we decided that we would need more of a uh, of a specific format for the room, so we decided that w- that we would do the first couple of minutes talking about what the question for the day is, and some things we'd like to address. Um, for myself, I believe that I'd like to address the series of mass shootings. And what they say about men's purpose and meaning um, and how men feel about it. Um, the second question I'd like to express, to, to discuss, is the manosphere and what the heck it is. Because I have never read about it before this year and now suddenly it's all over the place. And the third question that I'd like to discuss is what. What do men need? you know i'm I'm a person who was always the only woman in every room because I was so early as a woman in business. And so um, so I'm surprised um, I, I'm, that men feel so uncomfortable. but on the other hand, In some ways, I'm not surprised because, well, things have totally changed. I like to tell everybody my ass was grabbed from every conceivable angle. But we're going to talk about men today. We're going to explain that if you want to start a side room to continue this discussion after that's great but we need to make sure that we get through the main issues of the show in this new format. Um, this is uh, very weird for me to have a format but it's a perfect time for me because I've just come back from an extremely empowering vacation with a new haircut and a new avatar and a new feeling that I can do anything. So here I am, and I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. And great uh, picture, it, by the way. Is Barbara on?
0: Yeah, Barbara. And also, we got Sean on the line coming right after Barbara on Colin's side.
2: Barbara, would you yes. like to lead us off on the manosphere before Absolutely. we let Sean yeah. on?
3: I I want for men. Yeah. So I'll set a little context as to what's happening out there. And there's a book. uh, I hate the title of the book, but Hannah Rosen is a great researcher, and she wrote a book called The End of Men. And I actually challenged her and said, why did you title it that? That's horrible. And she said the publisher wanted it because they wanted to sell books. So anyway, I'll rest that aside. But what's happening globally is that men are impacted around the world. And it happened more in the post-industrial economy, uh, that became indifferent to men's size and strength. The attributes that really were most valuable was social intelligence, open communication, collaboration, and the ability to resolve versus debate. Key point, resolve versus debate. And what happened last week was a lot of debate and very little resolution. And research shows that women are more prone to be more natural at doing that. And then when you go to the working class, we're seeing in the U.S. that uh, I, I'm echoing Heyman. Is that okay?
0: No, uh, go ahead. Uh, I think I may okay. really know why.
3: Okay, I'll, I'll ignore it. Uh, the working class in the U.S. is hurting even more so, especially in the Rust Belt. Men, starting in 2005, believe it or not, started support groups there, and they've sprung up throughout the the Rust Belt and throughout the U.S. Uh, and it, and also the post-industrial economy has turned the traditional family roles upside down. And let me just give you some statistics so we can kind of get, get this kicked off. So me- today, men uh, dominate just two uh, of the 15 job categories, janitor and computer engineer. The rest are dominated by women. Women dominate in middle management, 56% accountants, 50% of all banking insurance jobs. Women earn over 60% of master's degrees and over half medical degrees and MBAs, including women of color. And today men are more likely uh, to only hold a high school diploma than women. And I'll give you a couple of studies that I think are really important. Uh, One is Pell Institute came up with a study of lower income men and women and found that retooling for men, men failed to graduate and in turn had a harder time committing to school and 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 reach out for help, uh, which they desperately needed to be tool, but they felt in, intimidated and felt isolated and wouldn't wouldn't want to reach out to fellow students or school counsel and therefore failed. Then we look at the financial crisis, and we saw that in two thousand and eight there's a direct correlation between testosterone and excessive risk, and we know a lot of studies around that i've written five books on many of these topics uh, with a gender lens. And what they what they discovered was that it was the alpha male behavior sparring each other to make reckless decisions was the correlation to taking crazy risks. And um, I can continue. I have a lot more. Should I pause there for a moment I'm or o- do you want me to wrap it up?
0: I'm also curious to know, like, I think uh, maybe we'll get Sean in and then go back uh, back up to Clubhouse again. I'm wondering uh, also what Manosphere, before we go on, like, what where did yeah. that come from? Yeah.
2: Ma- Comes next, manosphere. Okay. Manis- comes after um, after what she's saying. Right. You know, if you really think about it, think about John Henry. You know, John Henry, the steel driving man. Um, his skill during the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. Was replaced by a machine, right? And he drove himself to death trying to beat the machine, but he couldn't. And I'm having this funny feeling that men are in this position uh, right now. So that's where and, and think- they
4: are finding.
2: They are finding groups to support themselves,
3: to support each other. Yeah. I think the lens is, is complex because it's, it's men at different levels of the economy as well. Right.
0: I just um, brought uh, Sean on. Um, Sean, did you want to add to this?
5: Yeah. Um, and Sean's I on the I, call like,
0: inside, by the way, for
5: sure. Yeah. So, uh, hi from the other side of the room. <laughs> um, but, uh, I what uh, I was gonna say? I I do like the other caller bringing because I think I think she is bringing up a lot of points when it comes to the economic issue, but I think this actually does kind of tie all back into in one functionality or another the patriarchy and the system of hierarchy. Higher, 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 higher. <laughs> that a little bit of a uh, uh, echo on my yeah, side. Yeah, sorry about
0: that. It's the Twitter Spaces connection. That's fine. We're good.
5: Okay. Okay, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, I I think that this is actually a development from the patriarchy and the general system of hierarchy that we live in exists with. And and it does come a lot from um, the, the integration that came from the civil rights movement, because before when you had men, there was a hierarchical system and that system was very oppressive. Okay, women weren't allowed to the office and blacks, you know, were were limited in their economic ability to make money and do this, that and the other. And so since the 60s, 70s, and 80s came along, the actual condition of what it meant to be, quote, unquote, a man or more effectively how to evaluate yourself within the hierarchy – became vastly more difficult. And, and and the truth is, in order to actually be able to get to the point of communicating with a woman for, you know, relationship or pot- for the potential for relationships, you actually have to understand social cues, social normative behavior. And because of the fact that certain people were raised a little bit different, they never got that kind of education. And so reactively, I think a lot of them have been mad at the institutional system of hierarchy that they no longer have access to, like the rules aren't simple anymore. You know what I mean? 40s, 50s and 60s, you could just be a white dude with a job and you'd effectively be a part of some functionality of the hierarchy and the system of control. Now it's, it's a lot different and, and it's money based. You know what I mean? Like Obama's as, as oppressive as most people are, but the the, the issue is, is that the hierarchy is not as simple. And so Quote unquote men don't have the simple pathway to becoming a part of this, you know, institutional system of engagement and comprehension and the social cues and the social norms have to be socialized. And if you don't get that kind of early on and get ostracized a little bit, you're never ever, you're never able to actually kind of learn like the the social P's and cues of how to develop these types of communication relationships. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the bigger problems at hand is, is that you just have a a bunch of people, and I'll be honest here, who have yet to learn how to talk to women from a a more higher cognitive level and be like, oh, you're a person and I should talk to you as a person. And as such, due to the nature of the internet, they get online and just, you know, start bad mathing mouthing women get angry at women because of the fact they don't need they don't necessarily understand how engaged in the hierarchy and the, the manosphere in a lot of ways is kind of an answer to that that by giving them very simplistic and easy information to kind of get a hold of to give them the basics of kind of the social hierarchy and how the communication for men and women work in today's society and 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 it's kind of like basic in a way and I think, you know, honestly a lot of it's sexist, but for people who have never actually been socialized to talk to women, it's very appealing because it, it does have a, a masculine tendency and it does have a, a Lawrence and a promise <laughs> It's a safe place.
0: Is that what you're saying? It's a safe place. Yeah. Um, so yes. Barbara and uh, okay. Francine. Back can, to you.
4: Can, yeah. Can, can this I? This is Shereen. Can I go next?
0: Right after. Yeah. yeah I just wanted yeah. Barbara.
4: Yeah, and then we'll
3: go to Shereen. So here's the thing, Sean. Thank you for that. And I get. I totally get it about the patriarchy and the hierarchy. Uh, I have been working in this space for eight thousand for thirty thirty years and done eight thousand workshops around the world with men and women working together. And what we found was that there are twenty percent of men who get it and know what to do. And then there there are 60% of men who get it, but do not know what to do. And then the 20% who don't get it and don't care, right? So what we do is we work on the 60% in partnership with the 20, right? But just to give you a sense of of this, I think part of it is the water that we're swimming in. And part of it is really the, the need to learn. What we found was that women, when we were in these workshops, women were avidly Engaged immediately, men had their arms crossed, right, and their eyes rolling in the very beginning 30 years ago. And but but unless we we instill the hierarchy, like the CEO said, you must come to this workshop, you know, they would come mm-hmm. and they would begin to open their arms and learn. And I think men, most men, have the best of intentions, there's just blind spots. And I'm just going to give you just to so you can finish this thing about what's happening with the reckless decision-making in 2008 with the economy. So Columbia Business School and and University of Maryland took 1,500 U.S. firms to determine the relationship between performance and female participation in senior management. And they found that firms that had more women top position performed better. But here's what's super interesting is, and this relates back to Clubhouse last week, that it was especially true when the firm pursued what was called – innovative intensive strategy what they meant by that is they would argue in a creative and collaborative way was the most important and women seem to keep things on the side of cool and level-headed that's 1500 firms that's pretty impactful but, and then we have 62 studies that shows that correlation as well so Barbara, i just wanted to add that in. one yeah, thing interesting ahead.
0: was that when sean was speaking he was actually saying that men have to realize uh, men realize that women are people as well and they have to learn to talk it's a beautiful to them, thing right yeah so the yeah. question is also i think i'm wondering whether it's even a more basic Heyman, level
2: And then you are echoing
0: oh am i
3: yeah uh, not to me not to me
6: and the gentleman was also making statements about Black men, which I think Shireen wanted to address. Yeah, Shireen?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if
7: Shireen does, and I will.
6: Yeah,
0: Shireen,
3: yeah. go ahead.
4: Thank you, Damon. So Shireen. Uh, that's
6: Shireen from Clubhouse side.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were there were quite a few things that were being said, and I th- and I think that uh, racially there's there's a, a distinct difference in these conversations. And and some of those conversations, I think we're trying to get at this. The, the, the patriarchy conversation was... Um, mentioned however a lot of this manosphere is based on <laughs> attempting to uh push back on quote-unquote feminism and people fighting for their rights to not be oppressed by certain groups of people and and in doing so um some of the, I think, there's a little bit of an overlap of, of confusion in this conversation because what the manosphere has done is is actually connected closer to the, the men's rights movement, who are actually demanding that they should have certain rights uh, in a way that uh, is outsized from what they are actually contributing to, and 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 this goes back to economics to some extent, but when it comes to <laughs> This comparison to black men, it it, it really is uh, challenging. I'll, I'll I'll use the soft word um, because in many of those instances, white men had control over all black bodies in this country, and some of those white men want that back. It's not just patriarchy, right? And and the levels of the way that moves makes it really difficult for people to dissect. This is not just a general conversation. There is some sense of hierarchy that has been built into our, our, our culture and, and, and where people feel like they are somehow losing something or, or other people are taking something away from them, that's where you start to see these other reactions that I know that we're sort of hinting at. I'm trying to be gentle about this conversation because I was here in the room the day before. and I had to say to Dr. Francine, now, she was in the tech industry early, but since I was 10, those men behaved exactly like that towards me every day, and they still do. So there is sort of this expectation that some of us are supposed to just stand back and let these men lead. And any anything that we do, especially as a Black woman, seen as aggressive or pushing the envelope to be independent, to have my own bodily autonomy – that somehow I need to be corrected.
2: I had to learn to talk over men. And I I learned it really, I learned it to the point where I do it on Clubhouse now without even realizing it. Because in my entire career, the only way that I could get a word in edgewise with a man in the tech industry was to talk over him. And I can imagine how you must have felt, Shereen, if that's how I felt, because you also had the uh, the dubious distinction of being a black woman. And from what I've learned on Clubhouse, black women get the brunt of everything. But what I, w- I-, I want to go back to how men are feeling now, because I think that there is a change in the way men are feeling. And what I want to to do what I was hoping this conversation could help do um, was figure out why some men end up in barbers' workshops and other men end up, you know, ser- serial shooters in a mall. And you know, it's never a; it's always single men. It's always single young men. And it's always single young men who feel somehow like they've been deprived of opportunity. And I, I was listening to something this morning about Charlottesville um, and and they were playing the background video of the, of the chant, they will not replace us. And I, I realized that we are also being pulled apart by by sexism in a way that and, and maybe i'm using the wrong term not sexism but by an inability to talk to each other that it that will make it more difficult to raise families and i and i know that in my own family it happens all the time because all three of us, me and my two daughters, we are economically independent of whatever significant uh, other we might have. And that is very threatening to many men.
0: I noticed that uh, Damien was next up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. also, there's Schnarf on Call Inside. Uh, he made an interesting comment in the chat. And uh, I don't know whether he wants to speak to that as well. So, uh, Damien. Uh,
7: Yeah, thank you for having me, everybody. Um, A little odd for me to engage in a format like this where I I can't see all the people who we're we're talking to across multiple platforms and the echoes and whatnot. Oh,
0: sorry. The Um, echoes uh, echoes should... uh, I cut off the Twitter. Yeah, thank you.
2: I couldn't couldn't stand it. I mean... The I was on Twitter, the Twitter yeah. side and it was, I was hearing it. It's not working. Twice. Yeah. yeah. So
0: now it's basically the call in and clubhouse at this time. And Colin actually has uh, several uh, individuals listening in and Schnarf is online to uh, speak next.
7: Great. Um, um, yeah. I'll, I'll just, you know, it's kind of a tricky position. Uh, I, I speak about masculinity and about men's issues quite a bit. Um, I'll be very frank and say that at the moment, this doesn't quite feel like a space where people are really wanting to hear each other's perspective to nurture growth and progress. It doesn't feel from the comments and from um, the, uh, uh, you know, the previous gentleman who spoke was was, there's a lot of things that um, that I think needed to be addressed in his dialogue that I don't feel were quite respectful towards uh, women towards uh, people of color um, I, th- I think that uh, I, I don't know that I feel completely safe to open up in this format Tell that me being more. said that being said I'll take a shot at it for the sake of hopefully thanks Damon moving the needle a little bit um, and, and Barbara you know thank you for inviting me here today um, my pleasure I, I think that I think that at large, and at scale, our media, our social media, and our entertainment for a very, very long time have done an exceptional job at trying to teach very standardized gender roles. I think that they also teach conflict. They teach us to look at our differences. They teach us not to support one another, but to be aggressive and angry with one another. And that is all to the detriment of humanity. Um, I feel that masculinity, at its core, is the ability to find enough strength to hold space for what needs to take place, and um, and I feel that that oftentimes the container that's being set um, is is lacking safety and security is laughing is lacking a, a place a foundational stance of emotional support for feminine energy to really thrive and be heard and i think that within every single human being we have both both masculine and feminine energy and we need to learn how to nurture both within ourselves i think for many many years many generations men have been taught to stop feeling and to man up and to suck it up and to not cry and all those things that we've been for that. so long
2: i hate that we've taught men that
3: yeah but it's yeah just- me,
7: me too well, um yeah. and and i think that it's an unnecessary lesson that teaches people to disregard uh huge components of what makes them them and yet it gets perpetuated um, I, I did hear the comment about you know, us being replaced by machines. And I'm sure in, for some people, there are concerns about losing their livelihood to technology. Um, I, I think if we focus on that, we're sidestepping the elephant in the room, which is men don't feel, and I'm going to generalize here, Men don't feel safe to open themselves up emotionally. I feel primarily because we have been met with a a expansive lack of support when we do. There's been a lot of finger pointing towards men to say, hey, you need to be more authentic. You need to be more vulnerable. You need to be more in touch with your emotions. And then when we get there and we ask for help and we put it out there, most people don't know how to respond to that. And that leads to a very dangerous situation where you are encouraging somebody who is fragile and scared in a situation to leap, but you're not providing them with a parachute. You're not standing at the bottom with a net. You're literally just shouting at the top saying, hey, you have to, and and not engaging in the process of support. And and. This is at scale. I'm not talking individually. There are some amazing people that do a good job of nurturing men's emotional states and and how to encourage them to trust themselves and love themselves enough in an era where we have been broken down as men for all of our shortcomings, most of which were taught to us and most of which were perpetuated because we never challenged the system. Um, I don't agree with the system. I don't like it the way it currently stands in place. I, I think... All humans need to do a better job at pausing before we respond and taking a moment and trying to empathize with the human who we're interacting with and recognize that they're going through a human experience with us present. Now, if we yell at them for it, I think we're missing the point. I think we're all trying to be seen and heard just a little bit so we can feel more connected. And so... I, I would encourage any conversation about seeing if men are in crisis to, first of all, disconnect from any label of manosphere, which I had to Google. And from what mm-hmm. I can tell, is not necessarily a place that I would associate myself. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I think men in crisis, me, I'm wrapping it up right Sorry, here. I'm on yeah. the planet, I promise. Yeah. I think that I would encourage all of us to pause for a second and say if you're wondering why men are in crisis, please be prepared to pause long enough to hear our responses. And if somebody is jumping in from a derogatory, disrespectful type of stance, I think that needs to be addressed before any conversation moves on because it sets the tone that, um, that people are going to enforce their will upon a situation where I don't think it's necessary.
6: And Haman, I thank you, Damien. This is Elijah Joy here. I also just wanted to say, um, and thank you, Damien, um, for alluding to the previous callers, uh, basically anti-black and uh, other, you know, sort of statements. Um, but in the spirit of that, Shireen was not allowed to finish or
4: land her plane. Am I correct, Shireen? I, you know, I I wasn't done, uh, but I think that, I think that there's, I, I think that what's happening in this room is, is this is a very tense conversation Yeah, and, um, I, I can hear some of the caution, I, but I also think that sometimes we do need to make sure that we call out the, 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 problematic things that actually happen so that we can. And real
6: quickly, I hear everything y'all. I am the type of man born to a male body that I definitely did not, was not ready to identify with, but I navigated. Yes. I hear everything. I feel everything. So back to Shireen, please, Heyman. Yeah, just also, one moment. Please. And also,
0: Shireen, before you, uh, if you don't mind, I mean, I, there's an interesting a conversation that's also happening on the call side that I Heyman, w- might like to Heyman, add on to. Heyman, yeah.
2: Let 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 Shireen go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And We'll go back to the call inside.
0: It was just an audience. ongoing conversation. That's why I was wanted to add that in. Thanks.
4: Yeah, it, so what I, what I was absolutely trying to, to try to get at, um, that, that some of this is the, it, it, I hear Damien's point because he feels like they're, like men are going through an emotional transformation and they're not being held <laughs> as they go through it. it. But it's also the problem of un, lack of understanding that some of the pushback I, again, like the manosphere, i.e., the men's rights movement, is actually completely antithetical, and and literally screaming out loud that that they want the 1950s back, right? Which says so much about like even some of the sort of support systems they think they're having in in, in unison together. But the thing that Dr. Francine brought up that I just want to make sure is also clear is that they were all, especially white men in this country, were all taught that they have rights beyond anything that I'm supposed to ever have as a black girl. And that is where some of this frustration is coming from. Because if I am successful, or I'm moving along next to them, they feel like I have no right to be alongside them. And that's where they feel like they're their rights, their the things that that was promised to them are now be t- is now being taken away from not only other people of color, but women who are somehow not no longer wanting to be traditional, whatever that means, I think that's a ridiculous statement. And this forced nature of the quote unquote nuclear family, right that is a misnomer um that does not apply to my culture. Because we've always had an extended family. We've never had a nuclear family. And all of that's colliding. And there are moments where I, I realize that people don't are, aren't listening to the, the, to the whole conversation. Because they want things back to the way it worked for them. And they were seen as valuable and, and more important than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that part is the part that we're still struggling with, even in this room. That's why that loudness, that's why the the the, the, the way in which women have to like over speak men is because they've always been told that they have the right to be the one leading, directing and, and moving uh, topics or issues in a certain direction, even to the extent that they will hear someone else speak, copy what they speak and repeat it like it was their own words to move a direction all the time I've been there I've been there but
2: I have another thing that I want to say you're right Shireen this is a really tough conversation you know I we went through all these subjects and and next week is transgender so you can imagine how that's going to be another tough conversation but I want to have these tough conversations and I want to explain them for me because I am old. They are, they're twice as interesting. And I love
6: that about you, Dr. Francine. Repeat that to the people in the back.
2: I am old.
6: I love that. Thank you. (laughs) I never saw age, Francine.
2: (laughs) No, well, what I want to say is that When I got into business, I was always the only woman in the room. But there was another, and Damien, kind of for you, there was another aspect to that that I dearly loved. And it was that because I was a woman, if a man, a client of mine, was fragile, he could tell me about it where he couldn't tell the other members of his team so I also got a chance to help you know in ways that another man on the team would not because because I, I because I am a woman who loves men it's as simple as that so when I see these these things happening um they <laughs> agent what are you doing to me <laughs> I'm
8: just teasing sorry
2: when I see these things happening, um, they are, um, for me, complex on many different yeah. levels. But I want to have these difficult conversations because we have to come through some of these things. So, did you um, want to actually speak, Agent?
0: Sorry, one second uh, Francine because um just just to be fair, um there was a conf- there was a person waiting online, Schnarf, who actually said um Schnarf, please explain this. I mean, we just want to know because I think there's a, a conversation that people are having on the chat side on the call in as well. It's they he basically said another white woman in oppression Olympics. So Yes,
2: I saw that. And, yeah. and, and So I'm and curious
0: was- to know, like Schnarf, who, where are you?
9: Am I winning or well, losing? How about how about I how about I just clarify my position? Yeah, please and then do. You so can, snarf you on go the Colin
0: call, in, call side, Yeah.
9: So in in the United States pantheon of opinions, there seems to be two classifications, right? And both of them kind of subscribe to this holy idea of identity as being some something that's that's tactically real or materially real, right? You have your your woke academic elite urban opinion and then you have the culture war which came out of the the nixon administration right both of them basically have a narrative of of abstract things taking front front and center roles. And it really, really negates what we should be talking about, which is a material conversation. And I think this is my second point, which is that third wave feminism, which seems to be what's echoed here, has a kind of uh, has habituated itself to the circumstances of capitalism, which which really are which goes back to the crisis of of 2008, 2009. It goes back to the SNL. It goes back to the Great Depression and it goes to all all the cycles of boom bust that are in capitalism, but third wave feminism has now acquainted itself with the fact that it's okay to accept the the, the oppressive, uh, you know, mechanisms of capitalism as long as identity is respected and there's politeness and there's kind of you know the the, the once in a while uh, tropes that that corporate America gives to you know one particular aspect of oppression and and has a month or an ERG or any of those things. We're, we've moved away in feminism from the Rosa Luxemburgs and even the the Andrea Dorkins and, and the Angela Davises to now accepting the structure of what is causing the misery and misfortune for most of the people in this country. That's just how I see the, the it's playing out. And we can look at Judith Butler or any of these other people. But the primary problem here is that when we talk about the 2008-2009 the, the crisis is that we have had a globalization of labor, which means the jobs were sh- shipped overseas, co- companies became multinational, and the primary asset for most middle class and upper middle class and wealthy people became real estate right? We're not talking about real estate. We're talking about toxic masculinity. And we're talking about the abstract things that distract from what's really the culprit, which are companies in the fire sector, finance, insurance, and real estate. I understand that people suffer from oppression because oppression can be quantified with two things, money and dead bodies. Outside of that, it's an abstract concept. And if you don't have those dead bodies and you don't have the, the, the material, uh, compromise, then your oppression is really, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a charade. And it, trust me, this happens all the time because I have these discussions with people who attempt to invoke this. And if you can't quantify it, then stand back. So my final point quantity. is this. Oh, oh, sorry, wait. wait
2: a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And
9: we can quantify. Wait. We can quantify what's happened. Sorry. We can quantify wait, wait, one second. One with the descendants one second. of African and slaves and because that's a material reality. That's dead. That's dead people, <laughs> and that's a financial robbery. Right? I think
6: we need to mute him. Oh, no, no, hold on. Uh,
0: so, for, sure. Shinar, for one second, uh, I don't
2: understand what he's even saying.
9: I'm operating I, in the I same thing. The...
6: Okay. I would love for Shereen to break it down on this side, please, and let's go ahead and mute him because that's a lot. It was the last yeah, one second, sheriff? Sure can...
0: Hold on for a second, sheriff. Sure. Go know, ahead. Bitch. No, whoa, 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 guys.
6: Okay, oh. that's it.
10: Oh. Oh. Told ya. I think we should only. Stay Told to
6: ya. Why? Yeah. Why do? Why are we entertaining this? This is exactly yeah. what Damien was speaking about. Yep. They want right. our bodies back. So
3: let's, let's stick to Clubhouse, Haman.
6: Okay. Uh, oh well, no, no. I'll
0: k- still keep the line. It's just that I think respect is something that uh, I mean, people. I mean, it's conversation, right? It's it's supposed to and be and understanding a kind of conversation. when
6: when it's no longer that
0: right. And like I, in advance, I understand. When,
2: understanding when the people who are trying to have a conversation, meaning Barbara Heyman and and me, don't even understand what is being talked about by the other people. Have, you know, who are bringing in so many other, um, so many other yeah. issues that we can't right. really.
3: No, ins- let's stay on track. Let's stay yeah. on track okay. let's, not, let me- let's not derail let me- it by
4: addressing it. Let's not derail it. No, no, no. But, I mean, no, I mean, definitely. no,
6: definitely. Thank you, Shireen.
4: Please let me answer what's what. I actually tried to speak to it before it landed. If you were listening to what I was saying, I was really landing there because the conversation, again, landed where it's economics. That's what can be quantified. And if we're not talking about economics, my identity is material, right? My identity is immaterial, that any part of my representation in the system or or economically or uh, otherwise is immaterial because I'm not supposed to be able to quantify that.
6: Exactly, because I'm a bitch ass.
4: (laughs) Elijah.
2: <laughs> um, That's
6: what he said. That's what I he know, said. That I was know. the
2: and, and, that
6: was the root of his energy.
2: I and, just want to know if I'm winning or
4: losing in the impression Olympics. So right now, right now, it, what what happens in that conversation is that. What he's doing is trying to remove the intersections of our identities and how that plays out in the system and how that economically affects us. Right. Black women can lose a job just because of the way their hair grows out their head. Right. That has everything to do with my my identity and my pocket. Right. He's trying to remove that narrative. From the conversation. That's why he was saying the third wave feminism and all these things we're moving away from when actuality, we had to have a law put in place about the way our hair grows our heads so that we can stop losing jobs and also stop being kicked out of schools. Right. There is a whole systemic piece that he's trying to say, my identity is immaterial in the context of the economy. And that's where he was going with it. And so sometimes people are saying words that I know you may not understand, Dr. Francine or Barbara, but again, I know this manosphere. I know this man's rights groups because these are the groups I have to, I'm challenged with all the time with trying to have these conversations. And that's what he said out loud. What I'm saying is something he wants to remove from the conversation because that's immaterial. I'm making up a narrative that should not even be calculated. It's, it should only be calculated by money and dead bodies. Okay, so, well, I, I certainly
2: don't believe that, but no. let, that's what from, he said. That's hear what hear he Exactly
6: what he said, and I'm a bitch-ass. Are, right.
8: are we still are talking we, about our men in crisis?
3: I just don't think yes. we should honor that conversation. We are. Can Can we go back to just oh, okay. the what I yeah, didn't I finish to with, to which is the research? Can I just add sure. that to get back on track? So, Uh, So 240,000 men and women, 8,000 workshops around the world. We separated men and women in separate rooms, and we asked them this. 30 years, and this is everywhere from corporate to mining to military, army, navy, police, you you name it. And uh, we said, what are the talents you experience working with the other gender? And these came up. And this is back to Damien's point. Men felt, and this was consistent throughout the world, no matter where, no matter what age. Men felt that they had to be careful. They were confused and they felt blamed. That came out every single place. Stand in the women's shoes, very interesting. And this happens to women of color, etc. They felt excluded, dismissed, and not valued. So if you map that on, you can see that one can perpetuate the other. So what I've been spending 30 years ago... Uh, uh, doing this five books later is to resolve that permanently to create a clean slate where we can work and win together and not fall into this blame game stuff and learn together and i think the solution is that is the learning part of it right so we remove our blind spots so i just wanted to kind of put the back on the track that this is really about accelerating understanding and used to use mother Teresa's quote understanding means there's nothing to forgive so how can we we do that and, and uh and I really think that the people in this room have that commitment. I have that commitment. So I just wanted to add that. Over to you, Francine. And I've you. had that commitment my whole life. Um, uh I
2: wanted to hear from Greg, but Tina has been wildly um, unmuting. So let's go to Tina first.
11: Yeah, I thank you very much for having me here. And I was just wanted to I wanted to add and continue what Barbara say here. So I think I said this also before some uh, other occasions. So I think it's not really man or woman who is in crisis. Yes, we both, it's a human being who is in crisis and supporting. uh, we, We must find the way how we support each of others even we don't like or we, we feel uh, that we are not understand it we have to try harder and I'm saying that if you look at me I, I am just like an ordinary woman But that's not true because I also uh, I'm part of the minority and I've been uh, struggling with with this all my life. So I know what is it. And I stand for the women, but I stand also for the men. So I want us to understand that we can do together and supporting it's a such a small thing but if we can support each other in small daily things for example in workplaces where we have our superiors or i am superior i, I used to run also a media company eight years so a lot of stuff to work for me and i made a lot of mistakes but i know now that i don't do them anymore and i don't hate anybody i don't hate any man or woman and i think this is something what we have to learn just leave it what was it you know what happened before and go forward that's, and yes, I'm living in Finland, <laughs> most uh, equal place for the women and men. But still, we have little same problems that you have, not in, in that measures, but still. We okay,
2: Gre- Greg is out of time and would love to speak. So, Greg. Thanks, go.
12: Greg. Welcome. Oh, yeah, I got to go. Just uh, two quick points. Um, first of all, if you haven't already, do yourself a favor and pick up one of Barbara's books. They're really, her work is really, really eye opening and important. But I just want to point out one thing that, that I've learned, especially my career where I worked across many different cultures. And that is that, you know, bridging difference is a skill and it's a skill that we all need to learn. And I think far too often in these conversations, we point out somebody else's problem. And I think when we're when we approach it less, as, as Barbara calls it, a blame game and more about skills that are learnable, that make you a more effective operator, a, a, a better uh, marriage or whatever partner, um, a better negotiator, a better executive. And I think when we take that skills-based approach, uh, for me, I've at least found it much more productive instead of, you know, worrying about what people, what somebody thinks or doesn't think, or whether they're woke or unwoke or believe as I do, but to find a shared value and and try and bridge a difference. And I've found that to be much more um, effective and productive i gotta go thanks a lot
4: everybody thank Bye-bye. you Greg. thank you Greg. thank you I,
2: we're getting we're getting to the end of the room and barbara is going to summarize the main points but i want some of the men who well, are would i be on-
8: able to speak this is agent i've been uh, on this yes ribbit.
2: i i was just gonna say i want the men who are on stage to speak first before we end the room so go agent
8: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the room was open for a while before I came in. I mean, it doesn't seem like the topic of the room was really addressed much at all, (laughs) if I'm frank. Uh, But, yeah, uh, to answer the question of the room, um, well, at least the second part, are men in crisis? I would just point to some basic uh, uh, stats, I guess, realities. Um, One is the fact that testosterone and sperm count are or something on the order of like half of what they were um, two or three generations ago. And the fact that um, uh, fertility is now below replacement rate in, in many of the, um, uh, the, certainly the developed world. Um, You know, there's all those other, you could point to so many other things that, that also go along with that marriage rates, things like this. Um, you know, rates of suicide, all all kinds of things. But yeah, I think, uh, certainly I think men are in a state of crisis in a lot of different ways. Um, and you know, what is the manosphere? I don't think it's really been addressed that much either. Um, it's kind of a broad set of different, um, I don't know, alternative ways of thinking and, and analyzing and, You know, it ranges from, like, these incel groups who do weird things to, uh, you know, just men probably more positive. Like, uh, well, someone mentioned men's rights group or or even people that do, like, men's workshops and try to to build men up to be uh, better men, more, uh, you know, well-socialized citizens and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's the whole black pill thing. But anyway, yeah. uh, I'm just touching on it a bit. I'm just throwing some some bullet points because I, I really don't think the topic of the room has been addressed that much, but I'll land it there. Thank you.
2: No, that's perfect, And you're right. We got we got and, and here's what I d- didn't expect that happened, and that is that these topics are also intersectional. And I, I uh, was, I don't know how to put it, but I, I didn't really expect uh, all the intersectionalities that have emerged, which make me believe that it's far more complex than I originally thought it was. And Agent, I originally thought about it in much the same way that you thought about it. You know, in terms of sperm counts and you know f- fertility and marriages and workplace and and all the rest of that, but that was leaving out the very important uh, intersectionalities that that actually have to be discussed. James, are you wanting to be next?
13: Sure, if I can. I think I could try to answer both questions shortly since I know that you guys are trying to wind down. Um, I happened to do a whole room on the Manosphere some time ago. I, I would actually have to pull it up. The recordings were on. I'll get to that part. And I'll get to that part last. But yes, men are in crisis. A lot of the data shows that we don't have a lot of really great outcomes for survivability, among other things especially when it comes to us being more likely to succeed in commit, committing trigger-warning suicide and things like that. Um, our health outcomes are drastically worse, mainly because of the fact that we tend not to go to the doctor because of the way that we tend to uphold what we have been taught as masculinity. That's a cause, one of them. But generally speaking, we are actually in crisis. Now, what is the Manosphere? A lot of people, just, just in brief, Shireen basically said most of what I wanted to say, but I'm just going to add a couple of points. The Manosphere is basically the modern men's rights activist movement online. If you happen to know anything about the men's rights movement, it was started with Warren Farrell actually disagreed with the individuals who were belonging to the men's liberation movement in the mid-70s. He actually felt and disagreed with this notion that um, men were the oppressors. Um, one of the references that I resourced actually said that it was very interesting that Pharaoh and those who left the men's liberation movement thought that when at the time, the reason why men's ability to express themselves emotionally was harmed was because of their commitment to masculine standards which said that men were not emotional in addition to the situation economically for men at that time being the result of capitalism one of the resources that i actually referenced in the manosphere room said that in terms of if the manosphere makes things better or worse there is no data point that has shown that but we do know that since the existence of this manosphere dating back to the web 1.0 days there has not been a significant improvement if at all of men's material realities in fact i would argue that the manosphere actually makes things worse and you have to know the architecture and structure of the manosphere to know there are the father's rights activists who are the political arm of the manosphere who pushed in the early 90s for the quote-unquote fatherhood's rights arguments because warren farrell bellowed That fathers didn't have rights because judges were disproportionately equal to moms, which wasn't the case. Even in the 80s, when Farrell made this complaint, most men weren't showing up to child support and custody hearings. The Same is true now. So the FRAs were the first major political stoned in that. Throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, you had individuals who called themselves P-ways, also known as pickup artists, who were basically trying to tell the quote-unquote beta men, I don't remember what they were called during that time period, how to pick up women. They were selling books, they were selling courses, they were doing circuits on Comedy Central. At one point in the early 2000s when I was in high school, they were all around message boards. So these are individuals who are basically telling men who you are is not good enough, but if you follow and pay for what I'm telling you, you'll get what you want. Then you have the incel, red pill, black pill, which is the most recent part of the architecture. But there's also men going their own way, which is a group of men who feel that partnering and dealing with women is something that they shouldn't do because they Gr- feel Gripers? That are the cause is, of... Is that Gripers? No, Groipers are actually a little different because they happen to be more far-right fascist. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're not wrong to make that connection, Dr. Francine, because much of what the Manosphere actually promotes is a gateway to far-right fascism. So you're not exactly incorrect by making that link because that's what the data is starting to find on the Manosphere. And there are women in the Manosphere that uphold it. They're called what they're called trad wives, which is short for traditional wives. And there are other specific women's groups in the manosphere who support that agenda. Basically, what the manosphere believes is what Shireen said. They want to return to society as the way it was in the 1950s and feel that women gaining rights has harmed the material reality of men. So that is what the manosphere is. I have the resources if anyone wants to message me. They're actually fairly toxic, and they do happen to churn out a lot of disinformation about women black people, et cetera. And I hate to say it, they are gateway to the far right fascism that we're dealing with today. Many of them say that they're apolitical, but they're maggots. Thank you for letting me speak.
2: Thank you for thank you for delineating all this. Brian. My man
1: oh, Hey there. Can hey, you I came in late so I I really uh <laughs> I, I I'll be honest with you. I, I I'm unsure of what the conversation. I, I saw the title. You don't have uh, to
2: speak. <laughs>
1: but uh, I the only thing from what I've heard so far, when I hear, you know, our men in crisis, to me, and I'll, I'll I have to pop off because uh, Attorney General Garland, Mary Garland is going to speak soon. But I I just for me. Coming in cold, and forgive me if this has been said, but just, just my, my, my perspective, my view. Uh, when I hear our men in crisis, and there's, you know, there's a swell or a conversation or what have you of going back to a, you know, a, a time back, you know, in, you know, back in time, I'm like, what men are in crisis? Is it white men? Because, like, I feel. You know, there, there's a, a difference there. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I, I really tried to stay away from absolutes like all, you know, men, all women, all African Americans, all white people, all et cetera. So when I hear all, you know, men are in Christ, no, I, I and maybe I'm, op, I, I'm look, maybe I am an optimist, but I am aware of my surroundings. I'm aware of who I am and whose I am and i'm aware that the the uh, a, a crisis is it is it is it a crisis that the the majority of my white male brothers out there are having a moment of like oh shit you know i used to be on top for you know of society for the longest and and now i'm going to lose something if other people or black and brown people or you know start to ascend to me, I I, I don't. I the don't short I, I, answer to
2: that, Brian, is yes. And yeah, I don't exactly. mean to cut you yeah. off,
1: but no, go right, Yeah, go right, I, I just yeah, I don't. It's twelve
2: o'clock, and I want to yeah. get two more speakers in. All right. So I I still love you, uh, AC.
10: Yeah. So
12: uh, very succinctly, are men in crisis a hundred percent? A hundred thousand percent. I believe it moves beyond the scope of race. Uh, Agent made some great points. I think men are in crisis across the West, the United States, Europe, uh, predominantly, and it has to do uh, mainly with uh, male masculinity being redefined. Right. And then also like social justice uh, movements that are happening uh, in times right now. So a hundred percent, I do think, uh, I, I know that men are in crisis And uh, it moves beyond the scope of race. This is ACM complete.
2: That was wonderful. Thank you. Pawek? Pawek?
10: Hi, it's it's Pawel. Thanks. Pawel. Oh, God. Yeah. No worries. When When I saw the title of the room, I thought you were speaking about me right now because I feel like I'm talking right from the middle, from the middle sphere. I'm watching second division Polish football. That's soccer for you. Drinking beer, eating peanuts, smoking cigarettes. My girlfriend is sick, so, you know. Uh, anyways, uh, I think these points raised by James and agent are very valid. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of really strange people online, and, and they creep into the real life. I'm a member of a um, center of the right, somewhat, somewhat conservative uh, organization in my country and my colleague conducted research on on the gender disparities right so the boys have worse academic outcomes uh, the women are catching up academically uh, the, 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 the boys uh, read uh, not as well as the girls do etc etc and uh you know fairly fairly normal research he he wanted to to raise the point of, of some men, some boys uh, being in a, in a tough spot because we, we, what I don't like about about these uh, status uh, politics these days is that we focus on people on top, right? So, so we talk about who sits on, on, the, on the boards of directors in the biggest companies, it's obviously men, but there's also a lot of men who are in, in a pretty tough spot. But when I saw how this research was picked up by the quote unquote menosphere, God, some people are just, you know, living their lives, trying to to express their anger at the women in general, blaming feminism for everything they screwed up about their own lives. So I think we, we have some, price, some sort of a crisis in terms of gender roles. And we need to work together to solve this. I don't know how, how to go about this. I'm, I'm going step by step focusing on, on my relationship first. And, uh, you know, maybe in 20 years time, I'll be able to share some insights from, 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 from my own life.
0: And looking at the chats uh, on both uh, platforms, I could say that, Brian, uh, you, what you were starting to say and what you were saying is resounding, I mean, uh, sort of resounding with others also who said the same things. So just want to leave you there.
2: I want to make sure Rick has his hands.
0: Did you want to speak Oh, Rick, or... Rick Sanchez. Uh, Francine, your well, mic is
12: very low.
2: Yeah,
12: I do, but um, Merrick Garland is just starting to speak and I really want to listen, but this is oh, a great room, and thank you
2: very much for it. You're welcome. Next week, transgender. Let's go, all go listen to Merrick Garland and come back and discuss transgender next week.
0: And to all those wondering uh, who weren't able to speak today, uh, I've been looking through all the chats, and I'll, I'll collate the list for our hosts as well uh, from Call Inside and Clubhouse. And as you know, we did tweak the show from last yesterday, uh, last week to something that's more will be more impactful for the community so we could actually leave the room with some uh, actionable things and unfortunately Barbara was going to help us summarize this and give us those um, things but unfortunately she was called away urgently but we'll continue to do this and reform and please send us your comments and so forth for any uh, questions or concerns you had today. Francie? Oh, she's she's gone to the hair curl. So thank you again for all for joining us today. And uh, please uh, join us next uh, Thursday. And uh, just to let you know, I mean, for those who can come on to speak uh, from the call inside and also on Clubhouse side, uh, please be reassured. I mean, you're uh, from judging from the chats and the comments, you're pretty much like this. Some of the sentiments are the same, but I think we haven't reached that uh, verbal agreement yet. But we will get there. That's the whole goal of the uh, Karma Club, to have these conversations, difficult as they may be, uh, to also reach more understanding among ourselves. Take care all. Bye.